G'day everyone and welcome to The Dan Show on Slice Radio. Lucky episode 28, which is divisible by 7. The luckiest number. On this episode, I've got two fantastic conversations with three very talented people. First up, we've got comedic performer Jason Gore. He's a UCB stalwart, performed in two great comedy shows, Dead Dad's Club and Midlife Crisis. He's done a bunch of radio, played bass in a high school band. He's got a new project coming that we talk about in this conversation. And last but not least, he's one of the producers on The Best Show with Tom Sharpling. After Jason, we talk to Nick and Sean from great young Aussie band Commoner. They've been making some waves with their latest single, and you should listen to it if you like good things to listen to. If you're catching me on the live stream, you're going to be listening to some Commoner there, as well as a bunch of other really cool new music. Remember, Slice Radio has two apps to cover all the devices. You can get them wherever you get apps. Sit back and relax and enjoy my chat with Jason Gore and then Nick and Sean from Commoner. I am very pleased to be chatting to Mr. Jason Gore. How are you, Jason? I'm good, Dan. How are you doing, man? Fantastic. Let's give you a couple of credits for people who don't know. Um, Dead, <laughs> Dead Dad's Club is the big one. Um, yeah, that's uh, a big one. Yeah, people really love that. Uh, they did. Being a producer and somewhat of a personality on the best show. Mm-hmm. What's another yeah, one? It's, it's really, yeah. The best show has kind of turned into more of a, like a personality on the best show thing for, I mean, it's, it's very much me, Tom, Pat, and uh, Mike on, yeah. on all episodes where it used to be just like, you know, Tom in the studio and us, you, you could hear us laughing in the background. Well, I mean, that best show doesn't really exist anymore. So uh, there's a lot more banter from um, the four of us. It's a, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's almost like the half hour power became the best show. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. It's constantly so. evolving the best show. I mean, over it time, is. I don't get the feeling that Tom sort of knows where it's evolving, but I don't have his sort of comedic brain. Do you get an <laughs> idea that he's going to say, stop pu- stop puppets, start gang show or start panel show format like his guys are now? Or does it just happen because Tom is an amazingly cool dude? <laughs> I think it happens because Tom is an amazingly cool dude. Yeah. I will agree with that. Um, I just think it's it's an evolution of the show, and I think the show will continue to evolve. I, I do think that like myself and Mike and Pat will always have a role in it because um, there's so much more. Like you know, there's half hour power. There's so far. There's meet my friends, the friends, um, and then. You know, we've been bouncing back ideas, you know, all just this weekend on some new shows that are going to be coming to the Patreon. Um, so there's even more on its way. So I think the the, the best show as an entity uh, will continue to evolve. I mean, half of us are here in L.A., half of us are in Jersey. Um, so I think that's an evolution in itself. But yeah. Can you give you us know. a bit of insight into the... Um system for complaints because <laughs> i've got to imagine that there's many dozens of emails coming through to you guys about where where's the puppets where's john worster where's this tom isn't angry enough i mean that's got to be happening daily right no. or you might put me right you know what people i i i think that there there will always be 95 percent of an audience that are happy hmm no matter what, no matter what happens, like, and then you're always going to have 5% of an audience that is never happy, no matter what, like these, like there's people that are probably like, you know, they complained about stuff in the old days. So they're going to complain about stuff in the new days. Uh, the puppets, I mean, Gary's coming back soon. Tom's mentioned that John's on tour. Yeah, I know. So that's the biggest thing where people are like, where's John? I'm like, look at the tour schedules, man. He, he does one mountain goats tour and then he's immediately on the road with Bob mold. And then I'm sure there's a super chunk tour like right after that. And um, man, I, I'm, I'm so happy for him that he's, you know, back out on the road and I get to see those 
yay pizza 930 club videos again. Yeah, that makes my uh, heart feel good. He's got to get in as much rocking as he can while he can. You yeah. Know, because he's, yeah. He's, he's going to be just sort of doing jazz experimentation in about 10 years' time. I don't think, no. I don't think, I don't see him ever doing jazz nah. experimentation. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's always complaints, man. Nobody's, nobody's going to be happy. Not, not everybody's going to be happy. And that's totally cool. And there, you know, there are complaints there. It's like, oh, Mike. Mike, Pat, and Jason talk too much. And it's like, well, you know, that's the evolution of the show now, man. You can what never else can predict. You can never predict what Tom will do next. You can't. He's you can't. It's, it's just like a Bill Wyman baseline. You'll never know what note he's <laughs> going to hit next. Did well, you ever yeah, find that you with say, Bill Wyman? You say, you say Bill Wyman baseline, and then I'm like, well, Bill Wyman left the stones. I so, know. But did you, you ever know. find even though uh, Stone's music not complex as far as music mm-hmm. goes, I can never I can never predict w- what Bill Wyman with what Bill Wyman was going like to do where next. Where he's going to go? Yeah, I just I, I knew he was going to That's stay like on a C or a G. I didn't know whether right. he was going to go for the third or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh. Or not that he's a complex bass player, but he just weirded me out. Yeah, no, I need to listen to that more because I never think of Bill Wyman as like one of those rock bassists where it's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta be listening to Wyman. You know, I always, my guys are, you know, of course, John Deacon yeah, well. and uh, John Entwistle. Yeah. Great. And, another great one. You know? And so those are the ones that I, that usually like stick out for me where I'll listen, especially John Deacon, like just to listen. Oh. If you sit back and just take a second and listen to any queen baseline, it's going to blow your mind because it goes where you don't you don't expect it to go. Um, very, which is nice. very good musician. Yeah, that's, very that's good musician. He, he does not get enough credit. John Deacon does not get enough credit. Doesn't want to credit. So. He'll take he'll take the checks, but he'll he'll leave the rest. <laughs> yeah. But back to what you were saying earlier about the, the complaint line. Um, there's a lot of people that are digging it, and that makes me really happy. You know, so. Um, there's always going to be people be people that, that don't dig it and that's okay. I ain't mad. I'm not mad at you, you know? Yes. Um, when I couldn't get enough, uh, best show on WFMU, I used to go mm-hmm. into the dusty old archives. Um, and, and, um, I often use Tom to fall asleep, which is a horrible sentence, but you know what it's like. I'm sure he'd um, love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but some of those older yeah. episodes. Tom just, Melatonin Sharpling. Uh, well, some of those some of those older episodes just had a sepia tint to them. <laughs> what is like ASMR? Yeah, you know, look, I've talked about this before about the vaults uh, of WFMU, the internet vaults being dusty, and people think that I'm mentally ill ill and i may be but i don't think i am (laughs) it's been a fantastic show and i can't really do anything artistically without thinking mentally would tom be cool with this and and that i I understand how weird that is talking to you who knows him (laughs) rather well (laughs) yeah uh i mean i mean i guess there are still moments where i'm like would tom be cool with this i i feel like i kind of know now yeah. Um, I mean, I've been working with him since 2014. So, yeah, I think I have an idea. But then sometimes, you know, um, maybe not. I will say that uh, this past best show that we did, the Tom Doesn't Know show, probably one of my top best show uh, episode experiences just because of Tom. You know, Tom came up with the idea a few weeks ago and he he he, uh, he emailed us about it and was like, what do you think about this? Should we do this? And um my only worry was like the timing, like we need enough time to be able to get guests while he was traveling. That gave us enough time to, you know, line some stuff up and just to hear uh, Tom's excitement. Like every time, like just the, the, Oh my God. Like that was very, uh, that was a very real moment. Every time he uh, heard, one guest after another because he literally had no clue what was going to happen that show some people only get crapped on by gilbert godfried once in their life <laughs> this is true but yeah. tom's tom at time of recording has got crapped on uh, twice yeah and uh that's rare and precious rare and it was so good it was so good having hearing gilbert on again i hope we get him on again very very soon 
because yeah, uh, it, uh, it was very, very funny. His podcast is um, essential listening in this house. Let's talk about what you've been up to. You've you've moved out to the uh, west side, the west coast, and yes. what are you doing for work? Do you want to share anything? You know what? I I, I am uh, just sitting back and I am working on some new projects. Um, you know, I've been you know outside of the best show. You know, I've been doing this super dumb Twitter account called Good Rock Facts. That's nothing but like fake rock news or fake rock facts. Uh, and you can find that at at goodrockfacts.com. But on the side of that, you know, it, it, it's all of these dumb, fake, classic rock facts that come from a fictional radio station called 108.9 The Hawk. I've done two episodes of that podcast, which you can find at uh, anchor.fm slash 1089 The Hawk. And uh, I, I, I guess I can re- reveal here um, that on October 1st, the Hawk is coming back and it could be weekly, man. You could get one of those super, super dumb classic rock station um, podcasts every week, which is nice. And it's also going to wa- launch alongside another version. So there are two versions because the version you listen to right now uh, is only on Spotify. And we did that because... It allows us to um, have the music play along with sweepers. So like you're listening to a real classic rock station. And that was a cool function that Spotify offered with Anchor. So we're like, okay, let's take advantage of that. That's a cool thing to do this. But we're also going to launch the uh, uh, 108.9 The Hawk Just The Breaks podcast. So it's literally just the breaks without the music. So everybody can hear it if they don't have Spotify and all that jazz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. It's, 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 it's allowing me to go back to like my classic rock roots, my classic rock radio roots and uh, build this whole fictional world around this uh, one very bad uh, classic rock station. Classic rock will not die. I know at at work, um, young ladies predominantly in, in their early to mid twenties. And when they want to put on some good time music, and then all of a sudden, the classic <laughs> rock's coming out. And I say, Good. why do you, and I say, you're so odd, you're so strange. Why do you even know about this music? Right. I mean, it, it's between 40 and 50 years old. Yeah. And, um, oh, um, no, it's, it's 50, 60 now, Dan. Well, uh, like, you know, it's way out there. Generally, they don't go 60s, they go more 70s, early 80s. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's so they're uh, playing well, urgent. But um, it's they're like, yeah, let's 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 have some fun here. And they put on urgent. (laughs) Not so much urgent. Okay. Cold as ice. (laughs) Yeah. They're on cold as ice. Talk about all all your big US 70s bands. Um, Name name any of the biggies there. But uh, it's funny that you should mention uh, sort of old timey radio as a 16 year old might say it. But um, because I just got off the phone with uh, Joel Huggins and I was mm-hmm. saying how I feel terrible that some radio station in Illinois is going to close down and all their local DJs stuff that they've recorded, you know, um, you know, by law or something, you know, mm-hmm. is going to go. It's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be lost. And I, I feel terrible that all this. All that history of local yeah, radio. That, yeah. It's going well, not all of it's going to go, but a very sizable chunk in the next 10 to 20 years is probably going to go. Do you care or am I just the only weirdo? <laughs> Are you talking about just like actual radio stations or the content that they've already previously recorded? The content. The oh, the content? content? Man, that, that stuff can go to the wind. That yeah. stuff like local radio is, I love local radio. I, I worked in local radio for a very, very long time. Um, but I think local radio is, unless it's something super special, like it's a show that everybody talks about, like those are the type of things that should be archived and stuff. If it's just like a regular jock break where they're like, you know, you know, uh, hot dog by Led Zeppelin right here on uh, 108.9 The Hawk, you know, if not that stuff, just let it go. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. But local radio itself has been dying since the 90s. Yeah. There's so much that's gone. Like the radio station I grew up listening to in, uh, in Radford, Virginia was uh, Rock 104, and um, they were gone by the end of the 90s. In fact, I ended up working for the station that kind of replaced them. 
So, um, yeah, there's a lot of content there, man, but I don't think, uh, unless it's something super special, like I wouldn't want any of my stuff from, uh, when I did, you know, classic rock radio to live again. Just don't think you need it. No, I don't think I need it. I don't think I need it. I, uh, I think I'm doing better stuff on uh, 108.9 the Hawk. Oh, so, um, absolutely. It's, you know, it's I don't need, uh, yeah, it was a, it was, yeah, all that stuff needs to go away. It's I fine. will not sleep much tonight now knowing that you've started this new project because I'm going to have to catch up on it. I'm very <laughs> it excited. Just, it's literally two episodes. Uh, I do it myself. Uh, my my buddy uh, uh, Jeff Garlock plays one of the DJs and uh, Alex Scordellis um, plays another one of the DJs. And, uh, you know, a lot of people call in, you know, it's fake. It's all fake. It's all, sure, sure. you know, but it's fun. It's fun. So I enjoy doing it and kind of creating this new lore for this uh, rock radio station in, you know, Valverde, Utah. So, so uh, I saw on the socials that you've got a presenting gig coming up or did it just happen? That is, yes, it didn't. Sorry. It is November 7th. That's a ways uh, off. Yeah. With I'm a, it's eyelids. They're playing at gold diggers in uh, Los Angeles. And it's funny that we're talking about 108.9, the Hawk, because it is going to be a 108.9, the Hawk remote event. So Ollie will, will be representing the radio station at this show, uh, November 7th at gold diggers. And, uh, if you've never listened to eyelids, man, highly recommend them. Check it out. Good stuff. So one of my favorite bands around right now out of Portland. They are good. Listen to them if you like good music. Now, I'm just looking yeah. through the uh, Good Rock Facts Instagram here and uh-huh. loving every second of, it, second of it. It's right <laughs> up my... In my mind, you're about equally as influenced by UK rock as US rock. Would you say that's right? I think I'm probably more influenced by UK rock than... Yeah. Because um, my, my favorite band's still Queen. Always going to be Queen. That's something like, we've got in common to one. I listen to one podcast called uh, the queen pod and they've just mm-hmm. been breaking down every, everything. Um, oh, okay. Rare takes, uh, nice. isolation, isolating John Deacon baselines in some instances okay. and, and stuff like that. And it's just that's, made that me is appreci- a pod- appreciate queen all over again. And yeah, that's um, a podcast after my own heart. I got to check that out. Yeah. So you're not a grand fancy pants guy or anything like that. Most Queen fans aren't, right? Fancy pants guy? When, well, I mean, you're way? not you're not one of those. So, what's a fancy pants guy? When like well, somebody that's always wearing like an ascot? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, like, I, I just, don't own an ascot. So. You're just a regular dude. When I think about when I think about mm-hmm. US Queen fans, I think about people who really love them just for crazy little thing called love. And then when they got a feeling that Freddie <laughs> might be gay, totally dropped them. <laughs> you know, there, there, no, that, that is true. There's, there is that contingent and they're, you know, um, and they're wrong. Yeah. There's so many better songs than crazy little thing called love, which is in itself a fantastic song. Um, but yeah, I mean, Americans are, 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 are pretty dumb when it comes to come to rock and roll. Sometimes uh, they can be, that's, you know, why a band like Slipknot exists, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what's your I golden mean, period of Queen? Is it the is it the big hits in, in the seventies? Say up to um, you know what I love. E- I love everything, mm. um, but my golden period is um, definitely like uh, Queen two through Day at the Races. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And that's not to say you know I I love jazz. I love News of the World. Um, you know, I've also been I've been revisiting Hot Space um, a lot lately uh, because that's the that's the album that is genuinely I mean, that's the album that pretty much ended Queen in the United States. You know, like after that bands, I mean, the, the American fans really didn't give Queen uh, the light of day because of that record, even though it had, you know, under pressure on it. And then they came back with such a great rocker that was recorded here in Los Angeles. They're in the works. And um, American fans just didn't uh, didn't climb back on board, which is a uh, which is a shame. But I've been listening to Hot Space a lot and really getting into it and really enjoying it for what it is and really respecting it that, you know, they tried something so out there for them. And, you know, and, and all of the all of the Queen fans 
you know, or, or just, you know, rock listeners will be like, oh, hot space is a, is a piece of crap. I'm like, well, I mean, it's just as good as like the miracle or yes. a kind of magic. It's just as good as those records. You just you're not giving it a chance because it's different. I think there's a lot of fun stuff on there. A kind of magic coming out. And even in my sort of 17 year old brain, I was probably a little bit late to pick it up. I thought, oh, there's uh, some very big misses on this album. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, I love a kind of magic, man. That's yeah, a great it's record. Some, it's got some good bits. It's very, yeah. 80, it's very eighties, but then, it's so eighties. You know, but you got you got to respect it for that. Like you know, absolutely. one year of love is just. I mean, it might as well be a Phil Collins song. But uh, Hot Space, it's hard to believe some uh, a powerful personality like Brian May could acquiesce so much to the will of a bandmate because he must have hated that. I mean, he oh, said he that he hated he that time. But yeah. maybe he was just like doing other stuff. Or... But also like Brian may never seemed like he was probably like happy all the time. He seemed pretty curmudgeonly across the board, I think, uh, within his role in Queen. That's just the vibe I got from him. But him and Freddie clashed, certainly. Yeah, they certainly <laughs> clashed. But also like there are moments on on uh, Hot Space where there's some really good guitar moments. So, I mean, I think he should... Uh, I think he should just enjoy that. It's like, it's like, you know, here's the thing that really bothers me. We're really going on a queen tangent here, but on the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack, they re-recorded, they added guitars and a new drum sound, like a brand new drum drum track to Don't Stop Me Now. Hmm. And it's so unneeded. It was so unnecessary. The drum sound so bad compared to the original jazz version. And I, and I just don't understand it. I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody very much as a movie. Um, Kristen and I went to a screening of it in New York. And the whole time we're sitting in the back and the whole time, like when something would happen, I would turn to Kristen and I'd be like, that never happened. Or like Freddie didn't have the mustache then and stuff like that. And this whole time I'm, I'm critiquing it. Uh, we don't realize that the film's screenwriter and uh, producer are standing right behind me. Oh, boy. And uh, there was a question and answer uh, period afterwards. And I, uh, I, I like stood up to raise my hand and they never picked on me. They never mm-hmm. like, they never selected me. Cause I was going to, I, I had them with like a real gotcha that I thought was a real gotcha question in the moment. But yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I, I still have like sheer heart attacks. My favorite queen record. I really enjoy it. And uh but right now, I, I mentioned Phil Collins because I'm reading his book, uh, Not Dead Yet, right now, uh, which is uh, pretty good. Doesn't really go into any detail. It's just like, and then Genesis did this record, and then he moves on. And he's like, and then I, then I met this woman, and then I left Genesis. I hate that. I want all the detail. You know? I'm, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like Tom with, you know, like with prog rock, like someone releases a 900-page book about about prog rock and he says well is that just volume one you know right <laughs> like, I, oh, I, I gotta say though for phil collins though for this book i think it's like 300 pages or something what? it's enough i can't That's imagine him doing 900 uh, pages on uh on anything i i can't be mad at him being so quick through everything but it's like you you read one chapter and you've you've already shot from like abacab to invisible touch in yeah. like one chapter, it just bloom, just boom, goes right by. Yeah, you won't be surprised to know there is a couple of really good Genesis documentaries on YouTube, and they they're about ninety minutes long, and they really mm-hmm. they really have go you wa- deep. Have, have you watched the Last Domino? It's it's uh, somebody put it up on YouTube, but it's the uh, documentary for the tour they're getting ready to do right now. Ah, so now, it talks about I, like COVID. Yeah, yeah, it now talks about COVID and like you know, how these are pretty much the last shows and that sort of thing. And there's some just really gritty footage of Phil trying to sing these songs again. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really sad. Like the, just the voice isn't there by the end of it, you know, they, they show more footage and the voices has come back, but it's just, it's, it's really hard to see someone with such an amazing voice struggle so hard to, uh, to get through it because Phil Collins, like, you know, I remember driving with my dad in God, 85, maybe. And uh, he looked over at me. I, I think the studio was on the radio and he looked over at me and he's like, son, 
Phil Collins is the greatest fucking singer to ever live. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, wait, no, that was mom. Mom said that. Take that back. Mom said that. And then here's the thing. So mom said that one week. So studio's on. She says that she didn't say fucking. Um, and then the next week I'm riding in the car with my dad and, um, and Rick Astley never going to give you up comes on. And dad turns to me almost the same part of the road everywhere. Like, you know, it really freaked me out. <laughs> in terms of it. He turns to me, he's like, son, Rick Astley's the greatest singer to ever fucking live. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know who's, I don't know who to believe now. There's Phil Collins. There's Rick Astley. Uh, my parents clearly aren't on the same same page. I'm like, is this headed for divorce? Oh boy, that's crazy. Totally. Can we just go back to uh, like um, the Queen movie? It, it's a TV movie. That's oh it god, is. it's a Lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what it is. It really and, is. Uh, but Ra- Rami Malek did a great job as Freddie. I thought. Absolutely. Here's the thing. Here's he the thing about it. the movie. The actors are incredible. The oh, guy yeah. playing Deacon looks like Deacon. The guy playing Brian May had the voice, had the mannerisms, everything. Um, the guy playing Roger was great, too. The story just, it was all over the place. Like, they're playing Fat Bottom <laughs> Girls in 74 on tour. We had another moment where I was like, that never happened uh, with the screenwriter right behind me. In the Q&A section that they wouldn't um, pick me to do any questions, somebody asked them, like, uh, about the historical inaccuracies. And the producer was said... Well, you know, there are a lot of uh, documentaries about Queen, if you'd like to learn more about the band and their history. We wrote this to be theatrical. I was like, okay. I was like, you, yeah. But it wasn't even that. It wasn't, I mean, Freddie didn't know. I mean, well, we don't know that for sure, but he certainly didn't tell the members of Queen uh, that he was uh, HIV positive right before Live Aid. No, well, lore is that, he found out pretty soon after. After Live Aid. Yeah, pretty soon yeah. after. But, yeah. you know, pretty soon, you know, months, weeks, we don't know. And that's another thing about the Live Aid thing where it's like the band gets back together and they, they, they fight through all their differences to get up on stage and do this one performance. Like, yeah, no, they had been touring the works for months, man. They had gotten what, what Live Aid was what, in July, I think? Yeah. They had just finished the works tour in May. So they weren't rusty in any way whatsoever. So now yeah, everybody just, listening to this, they're like, man, they're really going to talk about a lot of queen stuff today. Yeah, They just, uh, they just had to put that medley together and, um, yeah. and they're, they're done on the medley. So, and they're very fine musicians, all of them. So honestly, that movie could have just been the refilming of the medley. And I would have been happy. That would have, you know, the, that made me tear up seeing that. That was really cool to see. The rest of it, nah, not good. I was more, I would have been more interested in um, Freddie's Munich days. Um, yes. I, I would have been more interested in just his lifestyle, but I don't Completely. know that very much is Paul, you know, Paul Printer knows a lot, but is now dead. Right. Um, other boyfriends and, and uh, Phoebe knows a bit. Uh, well, knows a lot and not a bit. Uh, and I, you could put together a really interesting movie. I don't think it would do the same sort of figures, though, Jason. <laughs> but, you know, it, I think it would. I think yeah. you need you because I watched Rocket Man and there were moments in Rocket Man where I were like, OK, this is the film that Freddie deserved because it dealt with Elton's sexuality uh, in in a much truer way than they did with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know, man. What are we going to do? It's on HBO Max if you want to watch it right now. Or uh, it's I don't I don't know what it is in Australia. Do you guys have HBO Max? I'm sure we have HBO. I just I I, I despair <laughs> I despair because every show I'd like to uh, it's been on Netflix. I know that, but right. every show I want to watch TV wise, it gets put on these weird little streaming services that sort of pop up like. Oh, you got to pay for them all. You got to collect them all. Yeah, but I can't. Like we've topped out at four. You know. Yeah. Oh, I know. Four is enough. Four is too much. Four is already too much. It's not that I haven't got the money. I just absolutely refuse. It's just no. Yeah. It's too much. You have to, and then you have to like remove one 
Like you stop subscribing to one and then subscribe to another. That's typically what I do. Like I'll yeah. watch a show like, uh, like, you know, uh, you know, Ted Lasso's an ending on, uh, Apple plus I would usually, uh, unsubscribe and then resubscribe when Ted Lasso comes back. But here's where they get me. They started the morning show, which is a show I also enjoy watching. Mm. And so I'm going to have to watch that till the end. And that when that's over, I will cancel Apple plus until they have something else that pulls me back in. I'm just starting to think I'm paying for enough billionaires to go into space. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just at a good level with paying billionaires. <laughs> right. Right. You're just, you're happy where you are paying billionaires right now. You don't want to do more. I don't want to do more. And you know, we're getting sucked into paying for stuff left, right, and center. And now uh, Apple and also Spotify want you to mm -hmm. subscribe to certain podcasts or podcast streams and, 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 and stuff like that. And they're encouraging podcasters to put, put yourself behind a paywall. And I think, oh my goodness, this is going in a direction that, <laughs> that I'm not entirely happy with. You've already got Patreon, you've got merch, right? you can sell special apps. Uh, oh, I don't know. But anyway, look, this, yeah. is the, this is the nature of the economy. That's the way it is now. That's the way it is. I mean, there's stuff behind our Patreon that's never going to hit the uh, best show feed. So that's where you got to get at patreon.com slash the best show. If you want, if you want so far, that's where it lives. And it's an amazing show. Thank you. Thank so you. We're, we're, we're recording another one on Wednesday. So episode 12. You know, Pat and I are going to have to have a chat about how he scared me off ever using my fry pans. <laughs> uh, even last night, I was uh, washing up the fry pans. They don't go in the dishwasher, not my dishwasher anyway, Jason. Right, yeah. And I was thinking, am I going to have to, when I eventually get cancer, am I going to have to check in with Pat or the t big Teflon? Or I just, yeah. know, where where are you with Teflon? Do you believe him? <laughs> <laughs> I No, I do believe him. I don't use it. Uh, Pat, Pat surprises me on those uh, slice of life's. Yeah. And also on the best show, because like when he gets steamed on something, like he really gets steamed on it. Like I call it Angry Draft. Pat. Like, Angry uh, Pat comes yeah. out and he hits you with facts. And uh, there are a lot of things that he's angry about. And he's not an angry, angry person in, a, in any way whatsoever. So when he gets fired up on something, he gets truly fired up. And there's there's no diverging from it. There's no going to another topic like he has to get out all of uh all of his uh issues with everything and um I've, i he, and he cares deeply and it's not it's nothing that it's like oh he's just doing that to say those things like he cares deeply like he's really upset about the lantern bugs he cares <laughs> deeply about those and he's right i mean we we're probably past the point of stopping those things um, he, he cares deeply about people wearing masks and being vaccinated as everyone should. And, uh, no, I, I really enjoy it when he gets fired up on something. So yeah. And Teflon pans, there you go. Plastic, uh, wasting plastic. He's, uh, is another big, uh, Pat concern. I think G Jimmy Pardo mentioned lantern bugs the other day, and I was nearly going to like snip that out and send it to Pat. And I thought, no, Pat, everyone's on board. <laughs> yeah, everybody's Jason, on board. I've got one more question to yeah, you, sure. and I'll cut this out if you like. Okay, cut it because out. Because it is controversial. Oh, good God. Tom Sharpling, I nearly wanted to say his middle name, which I don't even mm -hmm. know. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Sharpling mm -hmm. and James Ronald Pardo are so the same in many ways, in their love right. for music and broadcasting. Uh -huh. and But yet we haven't had a meeting of minds. Do you, do you, <laughs> think, that, do you think that will ever happen? I know there's been a little bit of acrimony, but Tom's, Tom says a lot of things and most people don't care. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know enough about the other show. Or, I don't know. I literally... I cannot answer that. You don't have to cut this out, but I no. cannot answer it. I will say like, you know, the idea once we get through the pandemic is, you know, we'd like to have uh, more guests on and stuff in person. We'd like to be in a studio again in person. Are you a um, Jimmy fan? I don't listen to it. No, I don't think okay. I've ever listened to a, a single episode. Well, that's amazing. That, that might so, be a trick. Maybe I'm the block. I'm probably the person keeping it from happening. 
I just feel as though those two guys mm-hmm. together, that that could be like you know Tom and Tom and Mark, uh, Marin, you know <laughs> who who would have thunk it, but right. um, which is my favorite favorite Tom saying. We yeah, gotta let no, Jason I- Gore go because he is a busy man. I am. A, I'm a very busy man. I have a, a fake radio station to write. Uh, I am so excited. It is 2.46 a.m. in Australia, and I am not going to be going to sleep. I'm going <laughs> to be putting on that. See, I didn't realize it was 2.46 a.m. when I was, you were you were up and messaging me, so I was like, oh, well, we can chat right now. Let's do it. No, if you would well, have said it was 2.46 a.m., I would have said we can do it another time. No, no, no. no. I was excited. Um, so you don't need to be was, up at 2.46 talking about hot space. Well, a uh, long story, but. I got mixed up my time zones for, uh, for the Joel chat gotcha. and um, he's, he's very busy. And so mm-hmm. I grabbed him when I could grab him when I could grab him. And when I heard from you, I thought, Oh God, it's a twofer, two, <laughs> two legends for one, um, for one Great. evening. So Great. thank you so much, Jason, for your hey, time. Thanks so much, Dan. And, um, it's good talking to you again. Commoner are a fantastic new-ish band, or maybe they're not, they'll tell me all about it, who have just released a really great song that I'm enjoying a lot and have been playing on the radio station a lot. And you're going to see those two hundredths of a cents come in, guys, don't you worry. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) Drained is, is the song. I haven't heard something like this for a little while. It's poppy. It's got heavy, thick guitars. I like it. G'day, Sean, and g'day, Nick. Hey, Dan. Thank you. Hey Dan. Appreciate the review. What's the uh, fairly short, I presume, commoner story? Or, or have you guys been kicking around together? I know you have been kicking around, but what have you been uh, it's, doing? It's, it's pretty short so far. Like myself and Nick, uh, who plays our drums, have been playing in bands for a long time, pretty much as long as we've known each other. Kian, our guitarist, who's not on the call at the moment, we both, like, I work outside of the band. I work as a touring front of house engineer, and he does, like, content creation and stuff. So we happened to tour together on an Australian festival tour and met and kind of just, you know, got along really well and had similar interests. So because me and Nick were already, you know, wanting to start a band like this, Ian came in and jammed, and, yeah, that was that was it. So that was would have been not long before COVID kind of hit in 2020, I think. Yeah, that's when we met, and then... Was a lockdown, obviously no tours and stuff, so recorded all our, you know, bunch of songs just at just at home and we managed to sneak it in the drum tracking in that March. you know window we had. Yeah, in March we're thinking <laughs> March or I can't remember. So there was some point where we could still do stuff and then so managed to get that in on in time. Yeah, now we're just waiting. Waiting for the world to open back up again and uh, <laughs> looks like it won't be too much longer, guys. Yeah, fingers crossed. And Nick, just tell me how many bands have you played with previously? Are you are you a veteran? You look you look war weary. Are you hardened? <laughs> no, I'm just tired all the time. Um, Sean and I like played a bunch of bands because we like met in high school. So I reckon we had about fifty incarnations of the same band, just with different members throughout that time. Um, just different and name. Then, yeah, different band members, different name. Same plan to take over the world and. I ended up, Sean ended up joining like a band outside of high school, which I joined, I think about a year later. And then from there, like that band had some time, subsequently broke up. Uh, and then Sean, uh, like went on to his front of house work, like you mentioned. I then did like a bit of session work. and I ended up kind of touring with a band that's no longer going on. They were well known here in Australia called Storm the Sky, who Sean obviously worked with. Yeah. And then since then, I just kind of toured with, any bands who needed a drummer. Um, so I've played with a few, um, but Commoner is like, you know, like our set focus. A little bit war weary, but not not too much. But yeah. I've- I'm only joking. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously want a lot of people to hear this. It's hard, but poppy. It's it's good. Yeah. Got good pop sensibilities about it. So you are obviously, you know, want to take on the charts a little bit w- with this stuff, right? Oh, that'd be the dream. I mean, I think, we, you know, that wasn't necessarily the focus when writing it. was literally just no, about... You write what you write, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'd love as many people to hear it as possible. You know, we're really proud of the songs and really stand behind it. So whatever gets, you know, people listening and hopefully liking it is awesome as far as I'm concerned. 
Sean, I can hear your Aussie accent in the singing too, which is great too. We like that. Oh, right? Awesome. Yeah. 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 I feel like nice. my, singing, my singing teacher maybe would like it if I, you know, pronounce my vowels a little bit more neutrally, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I always like that too. I, you know, I grew up listening to Australian bands that almost overdid it and I loved it. You know, I was a huge Kiss JC fan, huge Getaway yeah. Plan fan when I was younger. You can dedicate one of your Grammys to your singing teacher. Yeah. Uh, that, and that's that's <laughs> That's a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about influences because obviously you, you both you guys have seen seen a lot of a lot a lot of bands and yep. you've seen it done rightly, you've seen it done wrongly and everywhere in between. So um what can we expect from a you know a commoner live show when you get there? Me and Nick, the bands we've always played in. The live show has been what it's all, always been about, you know. Like I I think that's mm. such a big motivator for doing this because we spend so much time, you know, I'm, I'm doing my second dream job, you know, watching people do my main dream job. I just wanted to get back there. So I think a big thing we'll be focusing on is just really bringing as much energy yeah. to the stage as possible. You know, I know a lot of the bands that I've seen are the ones that just kind of really, really go hard night after night. I mean, very, very different genre to us, but a band that I really look up to performance-wise is Beartooth because it's like, they're American hardcore rock band, I guess. And yep. it, it doesn't matter if you're seeing them in a you know hundred person room in a country that doesn't speak English or it's in front of fifty thousand people where wherever they're playing, they're incredible. So, you know, I'd love to love to be able to put on that kind of show, I guess. Hopefully with some of the fire and pyro as well too. And a lot of musical skill. Uh Kian, what's his history as a musician? Uh, Kian, I feel like he's a, musically he's almost a bit of an enigma. I know he's played guitar for a bunch of uh, local bands. I think he, I think he played in a hardcore band called Hollows for a bit. But then I think for him, music's kind of been his his passion. While he's focused really on a lot of the content creation start of stuff, like that's that's his kind of thing. He makes music videos and he has this awesome photo studio in Croydon. Maybe it's called Noise Complaint is really cool and he runs his own av company called av club so yeah it's really good so yeah i think that's that's his kind of thing fantastic and uh like musical influences songwriting look it's a boring question but it's always got a good answer you know nick what uh, what are yours for commoner specifically i think sean and i's answers will be kind of the same so we listen to like just Red hot chili peppers. Sorry, you just left a gap there for me to say something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you're right. We we do we do actually love the, good drama. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, yeah, Chad's a freak. Just stuff like Foo Fighters, uh, Basement, Turnstile, stuff that's like punky, heavy, but with hooks. Just things that you can you know like vibe to in one way or another. Feel There's, good hits of the summers. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm keeping the list very simple, but um, yeah, I'm sure Sean will have more to add, but. Those are some of the yeah, my head. I think it pretty much sums it up. Like, I think going into writing this, I thought to myself, no one except for the Foo Fighters is doing the Foo Fighters at the moment. I just want <laughs> to be in the Foo Fighters, but Dave won't let me join, so I have to make my own. But writing it, it didn't really turn out sounding like the Foo Fighters, you know? So I'd say that kind of energy, you know, it's still, you know, it's all real guitar amps and real drums and all that business. That was what we wanted going in but i think it kind of turned out uh a bit differently you know i think particularly too because all the songs we've done so far were written kind of weirdly it wasn't written in a room you know with your band like you normally would a lot of it write on the computer send it to nick he'd chuck in a few ideas send it to kian you know he'd have a few ideas so yeah it kind of became an amalgamation of probably what all of us were listening to during yeah. that time which yeah probably was a lot, a lot of bands like basement title fight you know you're kind of new rocky heavy kind of stuff you know it's pretty raw sounding but still got that kind of pop sensibility in there i guess yeah if you, if you are hearing a guitar on uh you know anything in the top 40 it's normally an arpeggio something muted um yeah. not even not even so much acoustic is rare-ish yeah. certainly not many live drums nick um, <laughs> so, you know, it's good to hear, you know, musicians, you know, sort of rocking out. I don't know, look, it's a cliche, but it's, it's a good thing. Rocking out is good. No, I like it. Yeah. I think that, I think there's a, it's fun. I think it makes you feel, even if you put the lyrics aside, I feel like big wall of guitars, big smashing drums just makes you feel a thing. 
Yeah. And that's what I wanted people, it's what I wanted them to feel, and that's what expressed the meaning of the music best, you know, like that just big, you know, you know, we know what it sounds like. Things are very electronic, but is but whenever a, a rock song, a really great rock song, does come out, and if it, if it can get mm. attention, which isn't easy, it still tends to break through. Yeah, um, that's it. So, you know, the I think too. There's like Australia has. It's you know I don't want to sound cliche, but I feel like this rock's coming back. There's so many good Australian rock bands that have come, or oh. maybe not come out recently, but I've become aware of recently. Well, you know, about, yeah, some very young bands. I mean, have you heard of Teenage Jones? Oh, yes, love yeah. Teenage Jones. Just Actually, grab a guitar and an old drum kit and thrash it out. <laughs> fantastic band. So in the middle May and June of this year, I work for a singer called Mulrat, and so we did yeah, some Mulrat. shows in South Wales, and Teenage Jones opened one of the festivals or played, played one of the – Last minute, got called in to mix them, having never never seen them live before, and it was fantastic. They were so good. Literally, just your drummer and your guitarist, who's kind of putting her amp into like a guitar amp and a bass amp, and she's going hard. Drum, yeah, they, they nailed it. It was fantastic. It was so good. Now if we I could play with half as much energy as they did, and you only had to use one quarter of the mixer, <laughs> which was a nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. No, yeah, that, that yeah, they were very good band. Big fan of them. I've been actually trying to. I've been playing their song on my piano the past no, few no, days. I can't remember in the last twenty years when Aussie rock has been so vital. You know, I just, I just yep. really feel as though it is, it is coming back. Hey, look, you know, we may not see rock songs in the in the top five, but top four, forty certainly. You know, yeah, that's why, it. why not? If bands like Foo Fighters can can do it, so can you guys. Why not? Yeah, yeah, here's hoping too. And I think even it's even that pop. I feel like a lot of pop and rap artists recently have all of a sudden switched up their sound. I mean, they've gone down the real pop punk route, but, you know, you see so many, like, artists like Machine Gun Kelly mm. and Willow Smith and pretty much just anyone oh. who's friends with Travis Barker at the moment is bringing, you know, guitar back. So hopefully that kind of brings a whole new generation of people to that kind of more rocky type of music and then they'll branch out toward the other rounds. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. And you've got... Have you got more songs in the can, Nick? Yes. For Commoner, there's a lot of things that uh, is there waiting. We're very keen to to share it. If I can, like, back it, back our stuff as hard as I can, there's some absolute bangers waiting. People yeah, are going to so be surprised. How, are you, you going mm, to wait until you can do a show to, like, release another single or min, maybe do a mini tour or something like that? Or are you just going to whack Currently them out? figuring that out. Yeah, it's yeah, not easy. playing it by ear at the moment because we've had to push back, you know, COVID changes, you know, we've had to push things back. E- even at one point, Bite came out, the first single. It got to like the day before and then they announced a lockdown and we're like, oh, we can't release a song today, you know, so we had to push yeah. that back a few weeks. So, yeah, I think we're kind of just waiting to see what happens. I think it would be awesome if we could release it around a show or, you know, hopefully do some, do our own, at least domestic tour, just to, you know, just to get out there and do it, you know. I feel like it. that'll be the thing that'll make it feel real, you know, make us feel like a real band. Yeah. What about um, because Ken's so good with the video and you're good with the audio and Nick's um, doing his bit there. Um, (laughs) I uh, I didn't mean mean that the way it came out. But how about like just uh, video streaming, you know, uh, a, um, uh, a set? We That'd actually, awesome. it's funny you mention that in our mm. little group chat. We actually just spoke about that. That was initially yeah. in our release plan, but we couldn't we couldn't ever get enough of us together to yeah. film it pretty much since we've recorded it. But, yeah, 100%, that would be. You want to get together, but you also didn't want to die. There was two factors. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we, you know, we wanted to do, you know, do the right thing by... You know, everybody well, else. Your you also you wanted to yeah. do some music, but you didn't want to kill your mum or dad. I can see that. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So yeah, but as soon if things open to the point that we can go to Ken's uh, studio before we can actually do a show, then I think a live stream is definitely something. Video is everything on the socials these days. It's all video. That's video, it. Yeah. Video. That's all they yeah, care probably about. Probably empty room <laughs> and a camera is probably a bit more forgiving than you know a live audience for your first performance too. So it might be a good. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw yeah. Courtney Barnett now probably eight or nine months ago. I mean, I've seen quite a yep. few, but one that's one that's uh, kept with me, and it wasn't yep. a lot. 
It was a couple of static cameras and one moving camera. And okay, yeah, she did in a big warehouse, which you guys probably wouldn't. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't a lot. And um, Kian could probably uh, get a couple of mates in there that are good on the AV and off you oh, go. Oh, absolutely, yeah. His, his company noise complaint that there's a bunch of them. Talking uh, a lot about this. Out. Talking a lot about this guy not being here. Sound like I'm, oh, a big, no. oh. I'm a big fan. He's becoming my favourite. <laughs> oh, well, I think we're just here to plug his company. Yeah, that's, that's it. all it's about. Because uh, it, we're here for common. We're just here to. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a it's a new thing for us, for me and Nick. You know, our previous bands when you need a video or a photo or literally anything you look at, you've got to call someone. Yeah. Whereas Ken, before we even think, oh, we better get a thing, he's already made it. Like literally everything visual you see is taken by Ken, except for like two of our promo photos. Nearly everything is self timer. He, he lines it up, gets all the lights and stuff, hits, and then it's like doing the family photos. You all run and then, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we've got to go before we get punted off Zoom here because yeah. um, <laughs> we've taken up a lot of time. Uh, so let's get a good sign out. So common up the song to love the most at the moment is Drained. Then you go and love Bite. You share it yes. all around the place. Please do buy it. I mean, these guys can't exist on these two hundredths of a cent, can you, Nick? You can't live on two hundredths of a cent. Maybe if we try and ration a bit, after. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll have a grain uh, of rice jokes aside, buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two two grains of rice for dinner. But no, any any purchase, any stream, like whether you like however you ingest like that media, whether you watch it or anything like that, just anything sharing it, you know, like working that algorithm is is what we, you know, try and do for our friends. And I'm Josh, and look, if you haven't got a spare yeah. two bucks, do just play it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Just hearing it at this point is enough. If you hear the song and you like it or, or you don't, whatever, I think just Fantastic. Well, look, I'll, I'll look forward in about six, eight months catching up uh, with you guys after you've done this uh, video stream and a few more songs out. And it's going to yeah, be likewise. awesome to watch you guys um, release this stuff. I think you're going to end up with uh, a really strong following because it's catchy and it's rocky and it feels good. Thanks so Thanks, much, uh, Sean it. and Nick. No That's worries, our pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. Whoa. Whoa. Pretty cool, right? Super big respectful fist bumps go out to Nick and Sean from Commoner and of course our old mate Jason Gore. Follow Jason Gore on the socials. Follow Commoner on the socials. Follow Slice Radio on the socials. We're Slice Radio wherever you go, I think. There's lots of videos available from these chats I have with these awesome people. Where do you get videos? YouTube and our Slice Radio channel there. Okay, hope to catch you next time and stay safe.